Welcome back to the Freedom Path Investors Podcast. Uh, we've had a break for a couple of weeks, but uh, we're back and we're talking property management today. Uh, some of the one of the areas most investors probably don't like to deal with just as much. Yeah, <laughs> landlords for sure. Yeah, but we've got uh, we've got some experts here today. We've got Philip Diarte with Real Property Management Three Bridges Division, and uh, their head of investor relations. Was that right, Mike? <laughs> Mike Redenbow, did I get your title right, Mike? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah, you're so. you're basically pipping out their business, like you said, right? Yeah. 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 Promoter. Yeah. I just I'm want like to point a club promoter for yeah. uh, property management. Nice. Uh, Mike sound or Mike Brian sounded like uh, Matt McConaughey there, starting out. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> all right, guys. So we we like to just kind of get everybody's background, how you got started in real estate, and um, you were telling us a little bit here. You guys got brand new business just a year ago, kind of yeah. similar to us. So yeah. um, we can bond over that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty to bond over with that. Um, my, my business partner, Jeff, Jeff Bina, he's the other part of this. And then Mike is, we just partnered up with Mike recently. Yeah. Okay. Um, but Jeff and I are both from California. We okay. uh, both, uh, he's uh, Southern California from San Diego and I'm Northern California from Sacramento area. So um, we ended up working together for several years um, at a, a whole different industry. So um, doing that, we both kind of uh, grew into different partner or areas. So he was a, a regional operations manager and I was a regional sales manager. So that's kind of how we, we meshed together because he's kind of the nuts and bolts guy and I'm shiny objects and squirrels type of a guy. Um, so but but doing that for for several years, we worked in that industry for I don't remember how many he was, but I was in about 10 or 12 years. Okay. Um, so but we you, just how'd you guys end up in St. Louis here then? Um, Jeff's wife, she is from uh, Union area or yep. out in the boonies. Most people don't. She's actually from Gerald, but nobody knows where Gerald yeah, is. I know Gerald. Okay. Yeah, okay. Gerald. <laughs> Not the which, person, the place. Which Wait, is I funny. You said you guys were tired of living in sunny Northern California. Yeah, you know. And we, we're like, we need to go somewhere awesome like St. Louis. Yeah, right. The, totally. the, the thong was just giving me a rash. And so I just quit wearing, <laughs> wearing them all day, every day. So, that, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, she's from this area. So she was, um, she was in the air force. Um, she retired after 26 years, but that's how he and I met because she was stationed in Northern California. Um, Jeff was in the Marines and they ended up meeting in Italy or on a base somewhere on deployment, both of them. So that's how they, that's how Missouri and California came together at least wow. initially. Okay. So. Cool. So you guys um, gave up Italy, Northern <laughs> California, and decided St. Louis was the place. Yes. Know. It's cash flow heaven. Where else to start a property management exactly. business? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, but when she was retiring, the, family, the, the whole idea was for them to come out this way because her parents own a business and so on in New Haven. Yeah. So um, Jeff and I were kind of fed up with the mm -hmm. corporate baloney that was going on. And one day Jeff just called me up and said to check my email, looked, and that was his resignation letter. So I was like, I called him up like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> wow. So, um, yeah. So a week later we started talking about, um, he, he called me up again and he said, Hey, what do you think about starting our own business? I'm like, Hey, that sounds cool. Um, and then later he calls me and says, what do you think about St. Louis? I'm like, uh, the arch is kind of cool, I guess. Uh, I mean, I visited once. <laughs> so, um, we started kicking it around. Um, and then my kids are grown and moved out. My son's in the Navy, so he's off. And my daughter, she was in school at the time in Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. That's why I've got the house. So I packed up the trailer and 
moved on like or? the Beverly Hillbillies and moved to, well, away from Beverly. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> the wrong direction. Yeah, the, so. the right direction, buddy. Oh, yes, right, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Midwest is best, right? Yeah, that's what I'm supposed to say. Yeah, exactly. Midwest is <laughs> All best. All right, now now you're here. You guys started right in the middle of the pandemic. So, uh, what kind of challenges did uh, that present to you guys? Well, we were um, we had the great, brilliant idea of starting in March. We were supposed to get started right at right at mid March. Yeah. So. Um, we had a training that we were doing through the franchise group, and that was in Salt Lake City. We flew into Salt Lake City. We were there. Um, we got there on Sunday. Tuesday was when the news about COVID broke, and all of a sudden, it, you know, by Friday, it was a pandemic. Mm -hmm, um, yeah. So we were supposed to open our doors a week after that training. Mm -hmm. So everything <laughs> just died on us. Um, we weren't able, because of like some of the state um, offices were closed, real estate board and all that stuff. So we didn't actually get our license officially until May 26th. Um, so we consider June 1 to be our actual opening day. Okay. But during yeah. all this time, we're, we're hemorrhaging, you know, any money that we had that was, uh, you know, in the, in the business and so on with nothing yeah. coming in. So yeah. um, certainly COVID changed the, uh, the dynamic because we couldn't network. We couldn't, you know, all right. the faster sure. houses things were, you know, doing. Yeah, it all, was, everything slowed down. Yeah, everything just kind of came to a grinding halt. So um, it was trying to figure out and re revamp how we were going to go about it. Yeah. Um, but luckily, we're out in, you know, St. Charles County is a little bit different than in the St. Louis County and St. Louis City. A little bit. Um, it just disappears when you drive over the river. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's like it never even happened. Either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so we were able to, you know, late, I think May or so is when things started kind of opening up. Mm -hmm. So I was able to get out in the public and start, you know, shaking babies and kissing moms or, I'm sorry, <laughs> shaking hands uh, and kissing babies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's kind of, that was the first challenge yeah. that we, that we came across just, you know, because of COVID, it was just something that was totally unexpected. So yeah, we, we started our business on March 1st and, uh, <laughs> that first weekend of March, we were at uh, a conference downtown with like 300 people in the room and like the news is coming out while we're there, like right. St. Louis city's getting ready to shut down mm -hmm. and we're like, Oh man, this might've been bad timing here. Right. <laughs> I, was, I was in, but, uh. Like right when it happened, like when they first were like, okay, we're shutting down. This is a pandemic or whatever. <clears throat> I was in Arizona at a pastor's conference and uh, I'm on the phone with my wife. I'm like, you need to go get toilet paper. And she's like, why? I'm like, because people are ridiculous. And for whatever reason, they're all getting toilet paper. They're not buying anything other than toilet paper. Go get toilet paper. Were you and, one uh, of those people that bought up uh, everything on the show? No, I bought three. I bought three packages. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, I knew that as this unfolded, they would start calling me and telling me that my order can't be placed. Yeah. So I called my wife and she's a rock star. So she got over and got some toilet paper um, <laughs> and it was awesome. But yeah, like we weren't, a lot of us weren't sure we were going to make it home Yeah, uh, because of, you know, they're shutting down everything and here we are, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Twenty three hours away yeah. from oh, home, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, and 15, 1700 miles from home and, uh, uh, flight flights were getting delayed and stuff like right. that. And I'm driving home, you know, so I, I was pretty sure that I was going to get home, but my peers, you know, they yeah. weren't sure that planes were going to be flying and all that stuff. So strange times, yeah. man. So yeah, so Mike, awesome. get, dive in a little bit about how you got started, man. Yeah, pass the mic, Phil. Is this on? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Don't blow in the mic. No. Yeah, you're not um, um, so I got into real estate. Uh, I don't know. 
it's been five years ago, something like that. Um, started as a property manager, you said? Yeah, started out in property management. It was funny how it happened because um, I was employed uh, at a church. Um, and uh, they uh, the, the church was, was not, it wasn't growing. And so they started having to lay people off. Um, and I'm like, uh, they, they said, Mike, well, we, we want to keep you on, but we can only keep you on part time. And I said, well, you know, I, I, I'll stay here as a volunteer, but as far as, you know, jobs concerned, I have to be full-time employed. And yeah. so I started looking for jobs and I ended up with a, a property management company. <clears throat> um, and it was, uh, it was one thing after another, you know, property management. I, I, I loved it. I loved working with, uh, clients as well as tenants. And, um, it was a lot of fun. And then they said, Hey, you should get your license and start, you know, selling houses and stuff like that too. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, managing the properties. Cause okay. at first I was just a leasing agent, yep. mm -hmm. you know, you don't need a license to show a property, <clears throat> but if you want to manage the properties and work with the clients and everything yeah. and sell them houses and buy, you know, buy and, houses, and get the ongoing commission of the management, right, and, uh, right. The leasing fee and stuff like yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I did, I got my license. Um, and then, uh, uh, I, I continued to manage properties for several years, um, and then uh, then I st uh, then I learned how to wholesale, mm -hmm. and I started focusing more on that for a while. Okay. Uh, and then one day I got a call from Keller Williams, and me and Jake both got calls from Keller Williams, like, "Hey, we want to we want to build a management wing of our company," and um, uh, we thought that was interesting, and so we went and we we talked with them a little bit, and. Um, you know, Jake, Jake had future plans in mind. So he went one way and I was like, Hey, I'll, I'll do this. This sounds like fun. And so I started in building a management arm for their, their oh, company. Okay. Um, and I said, Hey, I'll, I'll give you a year of my time and then let you guys take it from there. And so I gave him a year of my time and then from there went into full-time ministry, but now I'm an investor myself and property management has become important to me for that aspect. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I had clients calling me for almost a, a year after I left full-time property management. Like, I can't find good property management. Mm -hmm. And so when I met these guys, I was like, hey, guys, like, you got to call them. Like, the, everyone knew how uh, particular I was about property management and doing everything the right way and being available and communicative. Um, and I just, for the longest time, I had no one I could recommend to them until I met these guys. Um, and, uh, so I was like, Hey, if you guys ever want to partner up, like yeah. I really appreciate how you do business. Cool, man. Um, and so that kind of led to what we're doing now. Awesome. Yeah. Love it. So you, you said you've actually got, uh, a few rentals yourself now, right? Yeah. A couple. Yeah. So you're doing the full-time ministry and you see mm -hmm. just real estate as the passive income so you can focus on your ministry work. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome, man. So, all right. Well guys, like you hear about investors jumping around property managers all the time, you know, and everybody's always looking for greener pastures and, you know, there's good ones and there's bad ones. So what should all the investors out there owning rental properties be looking for if they're going to hire out property manager? Well, I mean, the most, I, the most important thing that I found other than the general ability to get things done yeah. is communication. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's not so much that people are unwilling to answer their phone. It's that they're unable. Um, because by and large property management companies, their biggest downfall is they grow faster than they can keep up with. And the reason they grow so fast is because so many of them all experience the same issues 
that uh, investors are constantly not happy with their property management company. And what, what it is, is they're busy. They're crazy busy all the time. And a property manager, even though they work for a company, they pretty much run their own set of properties that yeah, they manage, yeah, yeah. you know, they have their own portfolio. And um, so everything is up to them. And when they grow too fast, they can no longer keep up with the workload. Investors become unhappy with the way their, their, their investments are being managed and they want to move on. Yeah. Um, and so while it's really easy to grow a property management company, it's hard to grow efficiently if you don't know what you're doing. Um, and so investors need to be looking for someone who's communicative and somebody who is a leader. Because if you're not a leader, not only can you not lead yourself, but you can't lead your tenants, you can't lead your clients. Um, you don't know how to grow um, efficiently. You grow like this, and there's no this to catch up before you do this again. Yeah, and that's like admin work and your systems ironed out. And exactly. Like how the processes are going to be handled. Because like once you hit a certain threshold, like you might need work orders to go to a different person altogether. Like right now, they might be going to you guys, but then eventually you need a maintenance guy, whole staff mm -hmm. to be able to handle those things and stuff like that. So. I mean, everything Jake's told me about being a property manager, it's not a glorious job by any means. It's a, no, it's a, it's, it's a thankless job. It's, like, yeah. It's can, I, can I tell you yeah. that the reason most property managers get out of it. It's a very high turnover in yeah. property management. And the reason why most property managers from all that I've ever talked to and including the way I felt when I wanted to get out was that the property manager is the scapegoat mm -hmm. for everything. Right. They are always the one to blame in all three areas. When the, when, when the tenant's not paying rent, the owner blames you. It's your fault. Yeah. When the toilet doesn't get fixed, the tenant blames you. It's your fault. And when the owner's upset about something, your boss, your broker blames you. It's your fault. Yeah. So everything, the weight yeah. of the world is on your shoulders. And if you don't know how to manage well and you're just like, oh, look at all this money that it's coming in, you know, because I'm gaining all these properties to manage. Mm -hmm. But yet when you can't manage them, it starts becoming an issue. Yeah. One of, the, one of the things that like stands out to me was just like the differences of how certain clients want their properties to be managed. And then like some just wanted, hey, my house is vacant. Put someone in there. Put a body in there. If they can fog a plate, they go in. You know what I mean? And then that leads to an eviction. And then that leads to, I don't know what you guys do, but well, the place where I came from, if they didn't last for 12 months, that was a free, uh, was it turn or a free rent up is what we called it, Mike? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so kind of like, yeah, it's it, some property management companies offer a guarantee for that months. if yeah, that if the the tenant they place doesn't um, doesn't stay for twelve months, whether they uh, skip, whether they get evicted, okay. then you get to you are going to lease it up for them again for free with for no commission, yeah. which I think is is not fair to the property manager because um, especially if the property manager did everything the right way to place the proper tenant, but that tenant just went off the deep end one day. They could have been a perfect tenant, no evictions, everything's great. Um, you place the perfect tenant and for eight months they were awesome and then they lost their job and now they've left and now for some reason that's your fault yeah. and now you have to rent it up for free. You know, It seems like a poor precedent to set. Like You're almost saying like, hey, we might screw up screening this tenant and place the wrong person Like almost. So it's... Well, it's a numbers. We're game. offering it's, it's you to happen. Yeah, the the yeah. more properties you end up managing, someone's going. So one of yeah. your tenants are going to, even though they pass all the criteria, they're going to yeah. do something nefarious. Uh, so, what, what's your 
process on that as, as far as like rent renting up a home do you have a guarantee or like what do you what do you offer um we do have a guarantee it's not the 12 months um i believe it is uh at six months i could be a little bit off there but but sure. yes we do have uh, something in place for that um so we we do our due diligence on the front end as much as you possibly can because like you said you know it's it's bound to happen somewhere yeah, yeah. Um, regardless of whether they got a you know 720 740 credit score no evictions and everything's perfect you know same job for 20 years but all of a sudden you know you and just it, never know that's when you ask them why are you renting i can help you buy it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. right yeah but we've um we've spent a lot of time on like you guys were talking about previously um, on our infrastructure. So we, cause we don't want to outgrow the growth. Yep. Um, cause we were at one of the faster houses meetings, uh, several months ago and I was talking to, I, I can't remember his name, but, um, in any case, he was telling us just keep on coming here and you'll have more business than you can, than you can deal with. Right. Yeah. And it's true, you know, because we get those referrals and, you know, we start meeting people in that circle yeah. and everybody's trying to hop around to the next best thing sort of thing. Well, I'll tell you what, man, like going to Rias and stuff like that, like property managers don't, aren't really well represented in those groups. I've noticed. And I, it might just because they're kind of like too busy to go mm -hmm. or they could just be like, Hey, I've, you know, unfortunately made so many mistakes. Like everyone knows me and, they don't, right. and they're kind of hiding in the wings. Do you so, think it's cause like so many property managers is overextended and they don't want to. It was over So, so I'm not trying to dog the whole industry, but here's the, you, you talked about some of the things that are hard about it mm -hmm. is that you have to grow to a certain level in order to make, make a living for yourself. Correct. You know what I mean? But at that point, you also have to hire out people. Right. You know? So it's just right. this fine balance yeah. of, of like, all right, I'm going to take a pay cut here. I'm not paying pay myself as much because I need to hire like an administrative assistant. Right. You know, but that's going to help me grow to the next level. And then I'm going to hire another one. You know what I mean? So right, right. it's all kind of. And, and that's the. Tough balance. What, what can be attractive in. I hear a lot of clients tell me. Um, that they prefer the smaller management companies because of what happens when they get big. Um, but one thing that can be attractive of a larger property management company is that they have the infrastructure to get it all done. What a lot of times people don't realize, though, is when they're that large, they don't care if they lose you or not, which means they do what they want. They charge you whatever they want to charge you, no matter how crazy it is. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that, that becomes the issue. And so really it's about finding a good relationship with a good property management company because you have to have uh, the best price is not always the best deal. Yep, yep. You know, um, meaning that just because someone's cheap doesn't mean they're not going to cost you a whole lot more money in the backing because they don't do things the right way. Correct. And just because someone can get it all done doesn't mean it's convenient and that's good because they're going to charge you an arm and a leg for everything you do and they're going to take all your profit. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Make sure your money's coming to the mailbox. So, like going like so, we talked a lot about the, the the struggles in the industry and everything like that, the challenges that you have. But like, as far as from the client's perspective, like, what are you guys offering? What is this uh, real property management, you know, franchise? What do they do to help you guys, and how does that affect the client? Um, for the most part, the franchise it gave us, and you know, we didn't have to reinvent the wheel. So we were starting instead of you know from the ground level, we were starting a little bit higher. So sure. they gave us. They gave us some, uh, you know, uh, like contracts or at least um, templates and different things like that. So a lot of the the behind the scenes things just to get it off the ground, yep. um, you know, administratively and so on. That's kind of where the the franchise itself comes in. Um, on top of that, we have a lot of backing with you know different issues that that um, come up 
um, whether it be legal issues, you know, for evictions and different things sure. like that, there's legal stuff behind us oh, that's cool. by the franchise. I mean, we have our own local attorney that we, we work with that deals with, um, you know, a lot of the things we were referred to a great attorney. Jeff knows her name. I don't. So I'm sorry. But Jennifer Donnelly kind of um, directed yeah. us to her. Sure. So she's been fantastic. Um, so. But with the with the franchise, that's kind of what they offer, just kind of that little bit of a, a backing. So if you're a billboard or something, you know, they're kind of standing there like this, the yeah. kickstand kind yeah, of a yeah. thing. Gotcha. Um, well, but other you're than that, selling us, Megs. We're self-managing our houses right now. But there's, <laughs> there's got to be a point where we get to, right. I don't know if it's 10 or 20, where it's like, all right, we got to hand this off. Right. So. Probably five. you have more than five? We're at we're six. six right now. Yeah, we'll take care. Yeah. <laughs> well, what what I was in fact, this, like I was talking to somebody yesterday and it's a lady who she and her husband own several, they own like six or seven and they're still growing. Um, but they are, he manages them all. They're all rented right now. Everything's great. Um, but she wants to retire and she, she's like, I'm done with Missouri. I want to go overseas. So that's, that's, they're both from uh, Bulgaria. So we were having that conversation. And she was saying that, you know, maybe in the summertime is when he was looking to do that when they were going to be going overseas. Yeah. And so I, you know, understanding that I get it, but my, my point is, and I'll with you guys as well. It's like, you know, while he's here or while you're even thinking about it, give us one and try us out. We'll do that one. Um, you know, kind of let you see it and build that trust level because that's our whole philosophy is we're, we don't want to be the, the next best thing. We don't want to be the next greener grass or, or whatever. We want to develop that relationship, build it so that you trust us with, you know, cause this is big money. This is where your, you know, your assets are. This is your mailbox money. When you're sitting in Jamaica, you know, that's, that's what you want. You know, want it to keep on coming up. Um, Can I touch on something real quick? Please do. <laughs> you good? You feel better now? <laughs> the, the relationship, the relationship is the most important thing other yeah. than the, yeah, the basics. The basics are they need to be communicative, your, your manager, um, and they need to have the ability to get it done. Yeah. But the really, the reason the relationship is so important is because someone's going to drop the ball sooner or later. Mm. We're all flawed. None of us are perfect. We're all human, Right. And yep. so if the relationship is there, that makes the manager feel comfortable enough to say, hey, um, before this becomes a big deal, uh, I screwed up. I, don't worry. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to take care of everything. I'm going to take responsibility for it. Mm -hmm. And uh, because otherwise what happens with property managers is they're afraid of their clients because they don't have good relationships. And when you're afraid of the client, you either A, hide the problem until it becomes something you can't hide anymore. Um, or B, you waste the client's money trying to fix the problem, hoping they don't find out or whatever, or you're, you're lying to them about what really happened. Um, but a good relationship means that um, the client is going to understand when things happen uh, and uh, the property manager is going to, um, uh, they're going to be more willing to own the mistake. Um, they should own the mistake regardless, yeah. but you know, it's just, it's a better relationship and everybody's more happy. And when people are happy, you know, investment is good. Well, I imagine every property owner wants to be communicated with differently. Some people might want to call yep. every week or, you know, don't bug me unless it's over a thousand bucks fix or something like that. So do you try to set expectations up front with like, here's how much I'm going to plan on contacting mm -hmm. you. It's going to be text or email or like whatever it might be. What we like to do is um, because Owners are different. You know, everybody has their own methods and techniques. Some of them will say, a couple of them have said, here it is. 
la, 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 you know, yeah, <laughs> just yeah, no. do what you got to do. And, you know, with the transparency with, you know, our, you know, the portals and different things that we provide and the re- reporting on a monthly basis, you know, everything works good. Um, but when I'm talking to somebody trying to bring somebody on, the whole point is like, you're the owner, you know, we work together. So from the beginning, you might want me to call you once a week or something. We'll do that. As we get through a couple of months, you'll be like, you know what, every couple of weeks. And so that's our whole idea. That's the philosophy behind us is that we're, we're developing, developing that relationship. So we're trying to um, build an established trust so that going forward, you feel more and more comfortable bringing you can grow yourself, buy more properties because you know that you have, you know, a trust relationship backing you up. And like Mike said, you know, we're willing to call you and say, yeah, I kind of screwed the pooch on this one. So, you know, we'll do this or this is what we're going to how we're going to fix it. Um, but that's the whole idea behind us. So a lot of times, you know, up front, you want to have, you know, a, a full you know, thousand dollars or something like that in your side account or whatever. So that, you know, that's where you pull your repairs and all that stuff yeah. from. Yeah. So we work with people. It's like, look, you can put whatever, you know, put, put it in there. And then if you want us to call you everything over a hundred dollars, we'll do that to start with. It might, some of them are saying, going to say $500. So we, we like to have that as a conversation, as opposed to us saying, here's the, Here's the law and, you know, take it or leave it type of a thing. Sure. Yeah. So Man- management agreements are, you know, they're um, negotiable. Yeah, they're negotiable. Like yeah. you, you send over a basic management agreement mm-hmm. and, and I would tell everyone, hey, if there's something in here that you have a question about or you don't like, call me. Chances are uh, it's, you know, we can change that. There's some things that are, hey, this is how we run our business. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of those things are, uh, you know, they're all up to the, to suit the needs of the client, you know, like he said, do you want us to call you when we spend a hundred bucks or do you want us to call you before we spend $500? And that's, that's a difference. But the, the relationship is so important <clears throat> for so many reasons. Um, if you don't trust your property manager, now all you're going to do is keep managing your manager all the time. And now your passive income is not passive. It's fully active all the time. The manager becomes like the tenant. Yeah. And you gotta keep Almost, <laughs> yeah. yeah. For the, from the client's perspective. I mean, I love the idea of these systems you're talking about, getting a report monthly, it sounds like, just having it right there and like, yep. What's what uh what software do you guys use? We use Appfolio. Appfolio. Yep. Like we, <laughs> Jake was Jake was screening a potential tenant we uh, had the other day and uh, a red flag popped up for a possible eviction, so he's calling on it and the property manager sends him like a screenshot of a bunch of notes they had scribbled on a piece of paper. Yeah, I sent, I, I sent the release form, you know, with yeah. the, the guy's permission on there, and she just printed it out and just wrote notes and <laughs> sent it back to me. I was just like, okay, okay, didn't answer all my questions. Thanks a lot, dude. <laughs> so, you know, what one little thing that um, that is uh, that I always did, and uh, and I think you guys do it too, is. When you're screening a tenant and say, you know, evictions don't pop up, sometimes evictions only going to pop up in Missouri, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so checking uh, or or if they're currently in an eviction, it's not going to pop up right now. Uh, so checking online um, for St. Louis County, St. Louis City, uh, checking their database to see if there's any open evictions right now um, and uh, just things like that to going the extra mile. Um, cause placing the tenant is so outside of, outside of case net, which is what I use. I'm sure most people use, where, where do you go? Yeah. Case net, just case net. Yeah. They'll have open, uh, case net. Um, we like to invade, uh, all the privacies by uh, stalking their, um, <laughs> Facebook, uh, Facebook right? oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, if, uh, they're, if they're doing uh, illegal acts on their Facebook profile pics. Yeah. So that's like, that's exactly 
kind of the red flag. So like I was actually ready to approve <clears> this guy <throat> because credit score was actually pretty decent, like just south of 600. But for his attendant, it's concerned that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, not too bad in debt to income ratio. You know, the biggest thing on there was I think student loans, but that's you know pretty predictable. Good income, other than that. Uh, and good rental history, so to speak, like each thing was like a year, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, no evictions here because each one's a year. Well, I was like, all right, well, I guess I better just do my due diligence and go check case net, you know, just on the off chance. And I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so I did things out of order, you know what I mean? So, right. Yeah. Also, too, um, uh, bankruptcies that aren't closed yet, yeah. uh, those won't show up on background checks credit checks. Um, so yeah. you'll see those in case net and stuff like that. There's an open bankruptcy because if you, if they haven't closed their bankruptcy yet, yeah. they can include their lease contract in the, in the bankruptcy. Um, yeah. I did not know that. Good yeah. to know. Yes. That's pro tip guys. Pro tip. Uh, so <laughs> right, tip. right now there's a lot of people that probably had eviction filed against them because they lost their job due to COVID. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, we had this situation pop up. I mean, these people in this situation I'm talking about, they didn't even know they were, they were evicted. Okay. You know, and I, I coun't approve them. I looked them up on CaseNet and I was like, hey, I'm sorry, you're being evicted right now. <clears throat> I can't approve you. And they're like, what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so like, this is just a general question as like meeting on the minds thing. Like, what are we going to do as landlords and property managers moving forward when you're going to have such a large pool of people mm-hmm. who are going to have an eviction on them, but you know a good majority of them it just they they couldn't you know they couldn't help it ah, that's a that's a great question i don't know we're we're this is an open-ended question there's no right or wrong answer here you know what i mean it's well i mean like, we're about to buy a property next month um with a non-paying tenant mm-hmm. and um she's been asked to leave and she says she's gonna fight it like i i think people are just well you can't evict me right now i'm just gonna hang right, out right I mean, I'm really. I, mean, I think it's going to get lifted in a couple of weeks now. It's. Uh, I think attitude yeah. has everything to do with it. You know, um, as a pastor, I I approach everything um, in love, right? And so, if there's anything that I can do to help somebody, if I have the means and the ability to help somebody, so say I'm an investor and I have a tenant in my home that legit lost their job, um, and I can afford to help them get through this problem and they are going to do everything they can. Like for instance, when they get their stimulus money and it comes in and they say, Hey Mike, I can give you like 80% of the stimulus money. Okay, great. That sounds like a plan. And as long as they follow through, you know, it's my job. Yeah. It's my job as a person who is able to love them and help them as much as I can. But if they're like, you know, y'all can't touch me, you know, then you got to go. Well, right. there's means for assistance out there too. Like, show me you're making an attempt to. Right. Right. And as a business owner, uh, you know, an investor is a business owner. Mm-hmm. It's my job to help myself by saying, "Hey, did you know there's this, this, and this out here? Right. I've done some research for my tenants so that I can keep receiving income." Yeah. And as a property manager, we need to have those resources to say, you know, "Hey, Mr. Mrs. Client, you know." Um, there are resources right now that can help your tenants and we're going to present those to them as long as they're willing to fight to stay in their home for the right reasons. I recommend that you let us help them so that it helps you because an empty house or a non-paying tenant isn't helping you at all. Um, So I think if a tenant is willing to help themselves, then you should absolutely do everything you can, but it's a business. If you are not in a financial place to help your tenant, 
you have to make that difficult decision. Yeah. Yeah. I think much like Mike, like COVID has taught us, um, you know, we were all doing business on this particular plane and all of a sudden everything got all screwed up. So everybody, the creative ideas started coming out and now, you know, everybody's on zoom and doing different things, you know, their business completely differently. So the industry is going to start adapting to that. So now we have to find those creative ways like, you know, cash for keys or, you know, different payment programs and like, okay, I might have to eat it a little bit for a little while and nibble at it, you know, an extra 50 bucks or a hundred bucks a month, just so I don't have to deal with having to turn over another property. And it's going to cost me because I think it's all about the, you know, the cost and turning stuff over. And if you have somebody that's in there, there are some, some things that you don't have to do to yeah. keep them there. But what if they leave more, the turnover or right. the lack of cash the, flow. The, yeah, the yeah. Lack of correct. Cash flow. Yeah. So yeah. it's just a creative thing that I think we're all going to have. We're, we're these meetings of the minds are going to start finding those little things that we can all do that are going to fix those problems. So. Right. Exactly. And, and it has to be, it has to be honorable because what you're doing has to be honorable. But if you expect your tenants to, to honor you, you have to honor them. And as long as they keep their promises, then, you know, that that's a good, that's a good sign. So when, when it comes to evictions, if a tenant calls me um, and I, I try and build great relationships with every single tenant that I place so that I know they're not going to avoid me until the 17th, because guess what happens on the 15th? We file for eviction because we haven't heard from them. Right. But when somebody calls me on the third and says, Mike, man, I'm going to be late. It's going to be the 12th before I can pay you. Okay, great. As long as I see you on the 12th, we're cool. Right. And if they come in on the 12th, then that that's okay. Right. Um, because I've had somebody ask me before, well, Mike, you know, you're a pastor. Are you just going to love everyone to death and like, let me lose all my money? I'm like, no, absolutely not. Because I believe in someone's word, you know, and just because I was vulnerable and someone tried to take advantage of that. Once I see that they're taking advantage of that, I'm going to keep my word and I'm going to do everything I said I was going to do if they didn't make their rent. Um, and so really it's just about honor and trust in those relationships. Absolutely. And yeah. if you have a, if you have a manager who is building great relationships with the tenants, that makes all the difference in the world because, uh, the average tenant stays, um, less than two years. How do you stay 18 months? I don't know, but the, the, the average <laughs> overall is they say two years or less. And there's two reasons why they leave a, they don't like the house they live in because you put lipstick on a pig and didn't do anything the right way. Or they don't like the management company because they never fix things. They don't ever answer the phone. Yeah. And they're just tired of, you know, uh, they're just tired of that situation. Um, so the, the relationship makes all the difference. In the you world. know, I always say, like, <clears throat> because every house that we've rented up so far is just freshly rehabbed. And I always tell the tenants, I'm like, hey, look, first 30 days, something's going to happen. I don't know what it is. A pipe might leak. Something might back up. I don't know. We're going to take care of it. Expect it to happen. We'll be right. right like, we'll get on it. We're not going to leave you hanging dry there. And it's so funny because like someone will text me or kind of like send me a little smiley face emojis. Like, yep, you're right. Hey, tub there isn't is. draining quick enough. Or like, <laughs> hey, there's a leak under the sink. Just two point. Got to break the house. You don't know yeah. until someone lives. Yeah, there. exactly. Yeah. We tell them and, they, and every one of them is like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You, know? you can see the windows broken, but you can't see yeah. that. There was a crack in a pipe somewhere. Exactly. You know, yeah. It was, was clogged or something like that. I was that. like, you know, we, we made sure we passed municipal inspection. So it all checks out from the safety aspect, but you just don't know these things are going to happen until right. someone lives there. Telling a tenant that and then following up with like, hey, this is how we're going to respond. Mm-hmm. It just, yeah. You don't, it disarms everything. It disarms everything. You set a good relationship and the and you avoid the thing that every landlord hates, property manager hates, is you avoid the tenant from holding your rent hostage. 
Right. Yeah, that is the biggest pain in the butt for everybody. It's horrible. Is that so, what you guys have seen a lot of? You know, I, I hey, you need to fix this before I pay rent. Like, I educate every single tenant. Every single one gets uh, an education on how to properly withhold rent. So don't oh, worry. That's a good point. I, yeah. I am not teaching them <laughs> no. how to withhold their rent. Um, what I'm teaching them in is is you can't not pay your rent because we didn't fix the toilet. Yeah. Okay. And then I teach them the the only way to properly withhold rent is to pay it to a third party holding yep. company. Yep. Because you have to show proof that you have paid the rent. You have the rent and you've paid it. Yep. And then the the management company or the 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 owner the investor has to fix the problem and then the third party company releases the rent yep. to them um so you can't not pay your rent that is a wise it's a wise tale and it's it's very um under explained and so they think well i'm just not paying my rent or if i don't have my rent i'm going to complain of something being broken so that i don't have to pay rent yeah. you absolutely have to pay your rent you just don't have to pay it to the management company until they fix it, you have to pay it to a third party. So person. yeah, I told the tenants like, and we're small, so this is why I can get away with this. I was like, text, text me the issue mm-hmm. and send me a photo or a video of it. Mm-hmm. And that will protect you too, right. not just me. So mm-hmm. that way you hold me accountable because if it ever goes to the point where you're going from a judge mm-hmm. and you show them that stuff with the date mm-hmm. and everything, guess who's looking bad? We're not getting right, it done. It's right. me, not you. So it's going to protect right. you too. So what, what's the third party company that you get involved? I don't know. I don't know an agency, but I know there's. A, yeah, you, you do want yeah, to put it into an escrow. Lawyer? Yeah, like, it has yeah, to go like, into an escrow. Yeah. Um, you can call some title companies. May do it. Mm-hmm. Um, they may charge a fee. Usually, they'll charge a fee for that. Um, so but, nobody's um, gonna, nobody's going to want to do that. There's yeah, more money. Right. No, one, I don't know that anyone ever in the history of ever <laughs> has <laughs> actually done that. Um, in most of the time, because things work themselves out before it goes that far. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but because what happens is a lot of times you have tenants that use that as an excuse to get a little extra time to pay the rent. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and, and then somebody ends up getting evicted, you know, and, right. and the, and, um, the judge will say, Hey, where is the rent? Do you have it? Well, no, I don't have it. Can you pay it right now? No, I spent it or whatever, yeah. you know, but if it's sitting in an escrow company that says, yeah, it's waiting for them to take it. All they have to do is fix it. The right. judge is going to go, okay. And they're going to rule in favor of the tenant. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but Phil, Phil, tell me a little bit about uh, your partnership with uh, you said Jeff. Jeff, yeah. Uh-huh. So how are you guys dividing up roles in your business? Yeah, you and... said something about you being a sales guy and he'd be more operations. So <laughs> I'm guessing it has something to do with that. Yes. Well, he um, looks better than. I'm, yeah, it's it's unfortunate and sad that I'm the spokesmodel. This mug is the spokesmodel, but you know <laughs> yeah. we do the best we can. <laughs> it's it's, it's um, really wide. You got a nice watch. <laughs> That's what it is. It's right? not, <laughs> um. No, Jeff has always been, uh, when we were, I, I was managing the location. We had a, a huge site where we were running trucks out of there and, and so on back in California. Yeah. Um, so I was running it first and then Jeff transferred over because his wife had come over to Northern California. She was stationed there. Mm-hmm. Um, so he took it over and I went out to outside sales. So that's where we met. And then during that time, I had to run all my sales and so on through Jeff. And so we worked well. We figured out that we worked well together. And, you know, I was doing this side. He was doing that side. Um, And Jeff took the took the location well beyond where I had taken it You know, when I was running it. So, you know, he was obviously better at at doing that sort of thing. So when we started talking about our partnership, um, that was the whole idea. Jeff does not like 
large crowds. He's you, you've seen me at the faster houses yeah. thing. He will not take that microphone. Um, <laughs> so he's all, no, I'll pass. You know, that's just, you know, he just, that's just not his thing. Sure. Um, me, he hand me a microphone and, and a, a alcoholic beverage or something, and I'll do pretty much anything. <laughs> and it doesn't even take the alcoholic beverage most of the time, but, um, that's just how we work well together. And we figured out each other's strengths a long time ago. So he, I, I know, cause I, I can totally trust, you know, when, when Jeff, he's setting up, um, you know, our infrastructure, like we talked about our systems, yeah. Jeff is on that. He's all over it. And I know that, you know, that's, that's, that's what he's doing. I don't have to worry about it. I can come out here. That's the whole thing for me is being out in front of people trying to sell our product. Um, I know that I've got, you know, I can trust and I'm confident in the fact that what I'm telling people, Jeff's got under control. I can hand it to him and Jeff's got the system in place and so on. And he knows that when he, when I'm, you know, when I leave in the mornings or so on, he knows I'm out here doing everything I can, pounding the pavement, beating yeah. the bushes, talking to as many people as I can. So that's just how our partnership works. So you are, you already started this new business with that trust in each other, which is huge. Correct. Yeah. And so did you kind of, it sounds like you kind of slid right back into the same roles, just new business. Mm -hmm. and did you learn anything new about each other trying to start a brand new thing or? Um, I don't know that, um, we learned anything new about each other, but we solidified some things. So when I came out here, I'd pretty much, I came out here with a, a five by eight trailer. I had sold everything, dumped everything off. I had, I, I mean, literally I sat there in my driveway in California looking at this trailer and I'm like, man, that's my whole life right there. Wow. And it was like a couple boxes of clothes, <laughs> uh, two guitars and a couple shovels. For some reason, I thought the shovels were important to bring with me, but it's Missouri. Um, <laughs> you have to dig somewhere, right? <laughs> right. Well, Jeff doesn't work out. You know. Yeah. I could uh, <laughs> dig, <laughs> a, <laughs> dig a short, a small grave or a shallow grave somewhere. Oh, um, Is that a but, short Yes. No, just <laughs> um, so yeah, we just we just kind of solidified the things that we knew about each other, and um, it's worked great over the last you know year that we've been doing this because we have hit those times when we were looking at each other like, dude, we might have to bail here, you know, because we were um, there were some cash flow issues. Yeah, there were some yeah. certainly some issues. So, um, but we were able to you know between the two of us, we kind of you know put the heads together and continued on the path that we because we kind of felt confident about where we were going and what we were trying to accomplish yeah. mm -hmm. and uh yeah that's one of the reasons i like them so much is because the character is there both of their characters are, are just you know phenomenal and <clears throat> they're not jaded by the business mm -hmm. you know it's like there, a, a lot of times somebody will say well how much experience do you have managing properties um and it's not necessarily because that's kind of where i come in you know i can i can help them with those things um, but it's really not necessarily about that. It's you, you, there is an aspect there you have to have, and they they have that, um, and that's why the great uh, the 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 RPM that backs them up for those things, that knows all those things, and then to have someone like me that can say, hey, this is my experience. I've been doing this for a while. Um, but really, it's about the character that your investments are in good hands, yeah. and you know, because you have property managers that are so jaded by the industry that all owners are the same. They're all cheap. They don't want to fix nothing. All tenants are the same. They never pay their rent mm -hmm. and they treat the tenants that way. And so the tenants hate them. Right. And then they treat the investor that way. And now the investor hates them. And that's why turnover is so crazy high for both the investor, the property manager and the tenants is because the character uh, in, in the business ethic is not there. And that's why, I mean, it took me forever to finally find these guys that I would willing to trust the clients that I used to manage for that trusted me. Mm -hmm. I can now have a name that says, hey, these are finally the guys that I found that you can yeah. trust.
no, I can tell the characters there and you guys sound like a great team. You know, it's just, I, I don't know why I've never thought about this, but like we work with a lot of tired landlords, you know, people in which regard when we buy houses, when, we, when we're buying houses, <laughs> <Okay>. you know, <laughs> or are these are the usually ones? people they might own between 10, 12, 15 houses that owned over 20 years and they're just done. Mm-hmm. And they're like you said, jaded by, by the whole yeah. process. And, uh, I've never thought about that with property managers, though. Like, there's a lot of tired property managers out there Dude, like, it's, uh, that have been doing it for a long time. Like I said, they're always to blame for everything. Yeah. The whole weight of the world rests on their shoulders between their broker that they work for, mm-hmm. the client that they manage for, and the tenant that they uh, that well, I mean, everything you've hit on, man, like, I think that eliminates a lot of that. The communication, the leadership, the transparency. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you have those strong morals, then, you know, I think you'll be fine in the long run, you know? Yeah. yeah. And to add on what you said, like there are times where it's for sure your fault, right? And you have to take ownership of that, but there right. are some things that are just outside of your control. Right. You know, you'll have, you'd have to have a crystal ball to know something was going to happen. Yeah. And let's say the point of like, Hey, this repair needs to get done. I don't have anybody that can get to it <clears throat> for like two weeks, uh-huh. like nowhere. And you're, you're mad at me. You're mad at me, client tenant. And I don't like it either. Right. That adds to the jadedness and that adds to like the, you know, for people to understand why it can't get done right away, you know, they're going to blame you for that. Right, right. And that's why leadership is so important because as me as the manager or was the manager, when I have to have a difficult conversation with my client, my client is my boss. I have to lead up to them, mm-hmm. right? Um, I have to be able to lead up. It's easy to lead, well, figuratively, it's easy to lead those who follow you. It's not easy to lead those who don't follow right? So I I have to lead the tenant. I have to lead up to my client and I have to lead sideways to those who help me uh, manage the properties. You know, the the management company, like uh, the admin, I need the admin's help. The admin is not underneath me, nor are they above me, but I have to, I have to lead them well so that they are willing to help me manage these properties. Yeah. Collaborative relationship. Yeah. There's been times where I've had to let a client go because I could not lead them, whether it was my fault or their fault. Mm. Uh, And the relationship just wasn't working out. That's again, why the relationship is so important. And leadership is so important. Yeah. Well guys, you've definitely uh, shined a light on this whole side of the business for me. So I learned a lot from you guys today. So thanks for coming on. Uh, We're running up on time here, but uh, real quick, did you say, Phil, what do you guys charge for your management fees? Is it a percent of the rent or um, is it a flat fee or what do you guys do? Um, we used to do, and a lot of people do different tiers and different things like that. We found that um, we, we stopped doing that because everybody wants to negotiate. You know, I got 10 properties, so you know, I want you to do it for 2%. So yeah. what we did is we yeah. locked our, yeah. yeah, exactly. I have 10 properties. I'd like you to lose money. <laughs> <laughs> so we went with this, just an 8%, and that's our that's our management fee that covers the, the whole shebang. Um, okay. We have a $75 minimum um, just because anything under that, we're just, there's there's that. nothing there for us, you know. Right, right. Um, but, yeah, the 8% is our standard management fee. Um, there are some other goofy things that we cover with everybody, but those are add-ons or subtractions yeah. and so on. So yeah. and do you guys cover any kind of property, single family, multis or? Um, yes, yeah. we have a single family residence right now, you know, standalone homes. We've got condos. Um, we have a, an apartment that uh, one of our uh, investors that we work with, he's getting ready to buy. Yeah. So we went with him and did a walkthrough with it and checked everything out and, you know, let him know that, yeah, we can get this thing rented for you. Okay. Um, so yeah, we do the whole book. Do you guys charge the first month's rent for the leasing fee? 
Yes. Yeah, so yeah, nothing coming out first, and then because our it's it's all on our performance. So we don't get paid until we put somebody in there. Yeah. So that drives us to to really push to get some the right person and somebody in there quickly. So. Yep. Cool man. Well, for anybody listening and wants to give you guys a try, where where can they find you at, man? You can find us on www.rpm3bridges.com. The three is spelled out, so T H R E E. Okay. Um, you can call us at six three six five four two. 8852. What was that number again? 542-8852. That's 636-542-8852. Nice. <laughs> we'll make sure we got it in the show notes for anybody who wants to give you guys a shout. And, awesome. Uh, really pre- good meeting you guys. Thanks for yeah. coming on. Thanks for your time, man. I appreciate you guys up, having man. us. All right, man. All right. Sayonara. Till next time. <laughs>